Welcome to Home Sweet Home. Hey, my name's Rod McCall. And I'm Bryce Runke. We are on our second episode of our podcast specifically developed for parents and kids. Home Sweet Home. We believe that home should be a place of peace and comfort. You know, it should be a place where loved ones engage, respect, accept, and embrace each other. In other words, a place you actually enjoy being. Our primary goal here is to help families create an environment where understanding one another leads to healthier and hopefully happier connections. So here's our mission, to equip families with tools to better relate and thrive in the relationships with one another. Today, our goal is to address a very complicated issue, one that affects so many families, including Bryce and I, and that is the topic of divorce. I have a very good friend of mine that lives out in California, and he says that marriage, well, how about this? Divorce is to end the marriage. It is not to end the family. Right. So today, uh, our hope is to leave you with four points um, as as we as we dig deeper into this um, this topic, uh, specifically from an adult's perspective, um, and how to how to manage uh, the process through divorce. And so we hope today that through today you you gain some tools uh, again to better manage that and we hope to leave you with some um, some powerful truths regarding divorce it's not going to be the end all be all um, of the issue it we're going to scratch the surface but we're going to focus on some topics that Bryce and I have learned through our own experiences as well as uh, working with you know other adults. I've been with a group here in the Dallas area for over 10 years. And so a lot of our experience comes from that. uh, Like I say, our experiences as well as working with others, knowing so many people who have gone through divorce. And I think the first thing we want to stress is leave kids out of it. Yeah. So like Rod said, our, our first point today is, again, leave the kids out of it. Um, I think it's, it's paramount that, you know, we, we are communicative with our kids, uh, the ex-spouse, um, that, that for sure, um, but we don't share too much. I think it's important to not share too much. I think it's, you, you, you need to be appropriate with what you share right, and what you communicate. Yeah, you know, having my ex communicate through my son was kind of silly. You know, you got an issue, talk to me. And, you know, you don't need to share a ton with the kids. I mean, again, talk to me. You got an issue. You want to talk about visitation schedule. You want to, you know, something's come up. You want to make a change, an adjustment. You know what? Just talk to me. And talk to me with, you know, rational Approach. Don't say, well, this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't do what I'm going to say, then we're going to court. Look, right? you know, you're an adult. I'm an adult. Be an adult. Talk to me. Don't talk to our kids. 
leave them out of it to the you know, the best of your our ability. I mean, they're going to be involved because they're our kids. Right. You know, I sadly there was there was things that I communicated with with my son um that I didn't need to communicate with him. Um like you said oversharing. I think I, for me there was there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of bitterness, um there was a lot of resentment um and so I think when you're going through this you're not operating at the level that you should be. A, a mature level. <laughs> At least I could speak to that because that's how I felt like sometimes that I, that's how I operated. Cause I was, I'll be honest with you. I was bitter. I was upset. I was depressed. I was sad, man. I was lonely. And you know, um, that communication piece wasn't really effective for both of us. You know, anger is a big part. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you go through the divorce, you're going, man, I have just been rejected by someone that I used to love. Someone that I loved so much that I couldn't imagine my life without him. And now suddenly we're, we're, we're yelling and screaming and arguing with each other. And so, yeah, you, you want people to join on your side. That's why you tell your family all the horrible things that person did. Oh, yeah. Conveniently leaving out your side. And one of the... One of the things that does tend to happen all too often is that you want the kids to side with you and feel your anger and hostility to the other parent. But, you know, that's just the kids are the kids want to have a, a, the healthy relationship with both of you. They don't want to take sides. We well, shouldn't make them take sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They the kids don't. That's not what they're about. They want to know that they're loved by both parents um, they, they don't give a crap about all this other stuff Mm-mm. and the stuff that you're bickering back. The, first of all, they don't need to know that. We, I know we, we talked about that, but, um, it, it's very hard, especially when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. It's very hard. So it's easy for Rod and I to sit here and talk to you about this, but we have been through it. And I'm telling you that it is very hard. But when you come to an end of yourself and say, this is, this is about the kids. Like this is our family. We have to work together. If we really do want to thrive, then this has, this can't be about me. This can't be about my bitterness. It can't be about my anger. It has, it's, it's much more than that. And I think the quicker you get to that point, the more communicative that you and your ex spouse, um, assuming you're both at that same level, um, yeah. you know, and that's why, you know, leaving the legal stuff, kids don't need to know kids don't really care. Right. And I mean, I remember my son came to me and he goes, daddy, why is your lawyer being so mean? Mm. And it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. First of all, why are you talking to me about my lawyer? You're seven. Right. And the only way he would know is that his mother was talking about it. I mean, again, kids need to know a little bit because the divorce does absolutely affect them. Right. But share as little as you can. Um, I mean, only things that specifically relate to them because... Again, they're confused. They're hurting. They're in pain just like you are. Right. And it's oh, we put the kids first. Yes, 
the divorce is happening. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's something you wanted. And maybe it's something that you didn't want. Maybe it came out of, you know, out of left out field. Of, yeah. Yeah. And you, you aren't really ready. And yeah, you're hurting, but so are the kids. Right. Yeah. I think if you're, uh, for, for me personally, um, you know, uh, being angry and bitter and all that, uh, you know, there was also that numbness where I, I, I knew that it wasn't appropriate to talk to him about any of the divorce or the, uh, sorry, the legal um, aspects of it. Um, so I, I really did my best to not bring that up because I knew it was pointless. Now Braddock's was younger. He was, he was two when we got divorced, mm-hmm. but you know, there was other stuff that was shared, you know, I'm just, like really, Did, was that told to you? Like I'm, I was confused by a lot of you're this three, stuff. You're four. How do you know this? Right, right. And so, I think early on, um, I just think maybe out of my numbness, if I, if that makes sense, I didn't communicate a lot of stuff in that regard. Um, just because I knew it wasn't important mm-hmm. to him, and I knew that he wasn't. It you know it didn't matter like it, my focus should be on you, um, but d- does that make sense? It, it does, and that kind of brings us to that second point that we want to you know talk about, and that is set and maintain healthy boundaries, and that again, one of the key components to that of setting and maintaining boundaries is for you. Yeah, you're mad. Yeah, you're angry. Yeah, you're hurting. Even numb. But you don't badmouth the ex. I mean, I know that is easy for us to do sitting here. I will be straight up and honest. I was not very good at this at the very beginning. Um, A lot of people I know that I've talked to and worked with through divorce. Yeah, you're blaming. You're blaming the ex. Yeah. Uh, conveniently leaving out your your part because, you know, as my granddaddy always said, it takes two to fight. Yeah. Um, and then you, you want to blame because you're hurting. You want to blame the other person and kids know the other person very well. Right. And so it's easy to bad mouth the ex. Well, your mom's a piece of shit. Right. Or, you know, your dad's a, you know, whatever. Deadbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, look, you know, that kid is 50% you and 50% the other parent. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're going to be bad mouthing that your, your ex in front of the kid. Right. You're kind of putting the other, you're putting that kid down saying, well, dang, half of me must be crap. Right. I mean, you want to complain about your ex by all means, please do so. Do it elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Over a glass of wine, a bottle of beer. Right. Um, but with adult friends. Never to the children. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, the mental health of the kids should be paramount. You're looking out for their physical well-being. Right. So why not look out for their mental health oh, yeah. well-being? And again, it, you're right. In the middle of this, in the middle of the crap storm, it is hard to think of somebody other than yourself. Right. Right. But our job as parents is to put our kids first. Right. And it may take you a couple of weeks to get there. Right. But the sooner you can get there, 
please, please put kids ahead of your, your immediate needs. Yeah. You know, you could, you're all you're in the beginning and you've, you fall in love and you're, it's, it's sunshine and daffodils. Sun's, yeah, exactly. I probably wouldn't have put it that way, but, um, <laughs> No, you're exactly right. And then uh, when divorce happens, it's just, just trigger and it's just animosity and just some like bitterness and, and the stuff that just flows out of your mouth is completely opposite from when you first met. Right. And I get that. I understand that. Um, but again, back to point two, uh, those healthy boundaries and not bad mouthing the ex to your kids. I, I think, I think if you were to step back and, and try and put yourself in your children's shoes and then view it from their perspective, um, although that's a different topic, um, how would that feel to you? Yeah. If you were hearing this about your mom or your dad, what, what thoughts are being generated in your head based off of the words that are coming out of your mouth? For me, um, I'll use that word numbness because, um, I, it was, I was numb. I was like, what is going on? Right. And then having no direction, what am I going to do now? I'm now I've become an every other weekend dad. Um, so those are the thoughts I've had. And, you know, I had family members doing a lot of the bad mouthing for me. Yeah. And, and, and not, not that I didn't feed into that. There got to a point where I had to, to stop that. Like yeah. I had to, Hey, you're talking about his mom. And you definitely cannot do that in front of it. You're not helping the case whatsoever. No, you're making it worse. And it's, you know, that leads when, when you can't, when you can't stop the bad mouthing the other parent, when you do that, when your anger for your ex far exceeds your love for your child, you're now creating an environment in which you're basically telling the child, you need to pick a parent to love. You can either love me or you can love them, but you can't love us both together. Right. And that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of terms for it. Hostile, aggressive parenting, uh, anti-co-parenting, parental alienation. I mean, there's a lot of different names for it, but it comes down to the fact that you're hurting so much that you can't see past your anger and the damage it's doing to the kids. Right. And it's, it, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time um, uh, researching this topic. Uh, I, I wrote my book for the love of Eric, where we talked about his, you know, the experience that uh, I went through and he went through regarding our divorce and how horrible it was and how his mother really told him the same thing. You can love you you can't love your dad and love me at the same time. You have to pick. Right. And there are literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of kids that are being pushed through this. They say there's approximately 22 million kids going through a divorce in our country or living with divorced families. And there is a huge percentage of them that are being told you either love mom or you love dad, but you can't love both. Right. And again, it comes back to look, set and maintain healthy boundaries and realize that yes, you're a key partner, 
or a part of this divorce, but it's not all about you. Right. I think it's important to recognize that divorce is, is like a death, right? It's a death of a marriage, right? It's, it's a loss and you're going to go through, um, a circle of grief, right? You're going to grieve. You're going to go through anger and stuff that we've talked about. You're, um, you're going to bargain. You're going to, you're going to go through, um, this cycle of things and there's no rhyme or rhythm to reason to or rhyme or rhythm, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but you're going to experience them and, and not in order, but at different times. And then at some point down the road, you will come to an acceptance that this is, this is what happened, right? It's this the is the new reality. This is the new reality. Um, but just know that it's okay to go through those things. Allow yourself to go through those things. But again, going back to go through it with an adult or a friend or, um, but not, not with, maybe there's certain things that you could go through with your child, but mm-hmm. um, to appropriately, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, they're, the kids are involved. If you can put the kids first right, and put their well-being ahead of yours, then the kids can come through the divorce, come to that acceptance part of it's their new world. Right. And, you know, now they got two homes right. and they're going to have multiple birthday parties, multiple Christmases, multiple Thanksgivings, whatever. Um, they might wind up with step parents. Right. You want, I mean, we, we, we brought kids into this world. Yeah. And we want them to thrive and be successful and, and be the person that they're going to be. And we cannot do that very well as parents if we don't keep in mind that our anger and our hatred for our ex is secondary. Right. Uh, That, what you just said, those are our barriers. Those are all barriers that are going to prevent us from creating um, this, this new way of living. Like you said, the, the two of this, the two of that, like we're, we're, we're living it right now. We've got, um, we got two homes, we've got step parents and, um, it's taken us a while to get there. Um, but that's what we're doing that's how we're operating. And I think once you get to that point, right, acceptance, um, and, and it's going to look different for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Obviously. But like, once you get to that point, you can start making positive, creating positive steps towards that thriving, um, family dynamic like we've been talking about. Right. Um, but I think it's important going back to setting and maintaining healthy boundaries sure. and not bad mouthing the X, um, and then doing your best to, to, to speak positive about your spouse as hard as that possibly, <laughs> it, you know, could possibly be for That's some funny. of us, right. There was, there was, there was a time where it was hard for anything positive to come out of my mouth. But once I got there, um, it actually helped me. Mm-hmm. It helped me a lot better, man. There was times where I even would pray for her, and it's like, what, really? Uh, but and it like, wasn't the uh, I pray you uh, have something bad happen, right? I pray you disappear. No, <laughs> no, because here's what I had to get to. 
because my son has a mom. And I want to I want to do my best to foster a healthy relationship with them too and I'm going to that happens on my end where I talk positive. I don't badmouth her. I have those boundaries. I focus on him. Mhm. And this is how we're going to operate. This is my vision for our family and this is what we're going to operate in. So, it's been a few years, but I was sitting at a restaurant one afternoon eating lunch. And at a nearby table were a man and two women. It was mom, dad, and stepmom. Hmm. They had a calendar and they were working together on a calendar for the rest of the year. They were talking about summer. They were talking about fall. They were talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's good. And they were working together. And you know, and the and the mom and the stepmom, I don't know that they were best pals, but they respected each other enough to get along. Right. And I would I mean I, I don't know, we had lunch there for I don't know about 90 minutes and I and they were there when I got there, they were there when I left. But I I was so moved. Yeah. By what I witnessed because I don't see or hear a lot of that. No. I literally went up to the table and I said, Hey, I know you don't know me and I don't know you. Wow. But what I am, what I am watching you do, what I'm listening to you do, I want to say thank you so much. Yeah. Because your kid is benefiting from all, from the three of you talking to each other and working with each other. Again, that to me is the epitome of putting kids first. No, you, yeah, I was just going to say that, and it, you, you just did. But exactly, that's, that's all about the kid. I'm going to put my, my self-centered whatever, you know, my selfishness aside. I'm going to come to an end of myself because it's about the kid at this point. That's, that's operating at a really awesome level. And that is to me, again, I... My ex-wife and I, we never got to that point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that we ever would have. I mean, she was the kind of person that uh, Eric and I had gone to church one Sunday, picked up uh, some Girl Scout cookies after church was all over. We didn't get very many eaten while we were together that day. So I said, well, there, take them home with you. You can have them for snacks after school, take them in your lunch, whatever. When I went to go get him for our next visit uh, later that week, he comes out with a box of cookies and he says, well, mommy said, because you bought them for me, I can only eat them with you. Mm. Okay, that's that's not putting kids first. Right. That's putting you as a parent first. That's putting the kid in the middle. Yeah. And you're... Here's, here's what I learned, and I know you could attest this, is that unfortunately, parents will use the kid... As a pawn. As a weapon. Yeah. And that really sucks. That really sucks. You know, I I work with, you know, we both work with uh, kids as school teachers. And I have heard, you know, I, I've gotten to the point over the last few years that, you know, I talk to the kids about different things. And we do, you know, I kind of pry into a little bit of, you know, what's going on. You know, and I learned and they'll, you know, some of them will open up about their experience as a kid of divorced families. 
And they express a lot of that same frustration of what we, what I, you and I now know being on the other side of divorce, having survived um, the upheaval of family of what our original dream is, right. you know, when we were much younger to the reality of what life has become now. But to hear it from a kid perspective, you know, listening to them explain what it was that they went through. Sure. Was very powerful. Um, so powerful that we're actually going to do a whole uh, podcast episode. Yeah, on hey, don't, don't go too far into that. That's our <laughs> next episode. And you're just going to have to keep tuning in to us to, to get more tips on that. But, but no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, you know, to go back to something you said a little bit ago about divorce being a loss. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And when you were talking about the loss, you know, again, the, all the emotions that you go through when you lose a family member, you lose a pet. Um, I went through all of those. Yeah. And I even went through, you know, the bargaining, the bargaining was probably the biggest part because, all right, great. I'm willing to give up a bunch of stuff. Right. And, you know, I, 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 I tried to become, more religious. I was going to church a little more. I was praying a little more. And then I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. And at the time, you know, it really challenged my belief, mm. my belief in God. Right. And I, I you know, because I was on this roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. I mean, euphoric highs. To depressive lows. Yeah. And, you know, and everybody I've ever talked to, you know, again, with the divorce group that uh, I've been part of, I hear a lot of folks talking about that emotional roller coaster. Right. And it is so tough. And you get stuck. Yeah. You get stuck on this up, down, up, down, up. And it's hard. To get to that point where it levels out. Right. And, oh, you st- you got little rises and little valleys. Sure. But it, it just feels like it takes forever. Yeah. it's a This is the longest ride I've ever bought, been on, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not the uh, fun thrill ride no. uh, that you get at Six Flags <laughs> um, or at the amusement park. But, I, you know, I like that you mentioned that. That it is a loss because it is. I mean, when I got married, you know, I got married at 20, what was I, 27? And I thought, okay, I was way past my friends when they got married. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? That's fine. I waited and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm older, I'm out of college. And, you know, I took my time and I picked the perfect person for me. Right. Yeah, well, obviously my picking sucked because it didn't work out. Yeah. Now, maybe it's not my picker. And sometimes you, you think you go well together. Right. But then, you know, things happen. Yeah. You know, you know, sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes, you know what? Just nobody's fault. Right. Uh, life happens and you do grow apart. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, 
I, I, I want to move on to our uh, our next po- our next point because um, I want to be mindful of our time. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, 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 no. You're fine. Um, which is to uh, I know we've mentioned this before, but to uh, to make make sure that the kids. Um, they're the focus of your time and attention. Again, Rod's been saying this, put the kids first. Um, I could tell you that the second time that we went back to court, I was trying to gain more time. And I know the year leading up to it, um, it's not that I wasn't there. I wasn't present. Um, I like, I like to say this, right? Be where your feet are. Not tomorrow, (laughs) not in yesterday, not later that night. Be where your feet are right now, especially when you're with your kids. Because, gosh, they grow so so dang quick. Braddock's will be 12. But my point is, before we went to court, I spent a year um, just taking notes. Like all the stuff, all the crap that went on, logging this, logging that. Um, you know, you know, writing whatever you name it that could I felt that I could use in court to gain more time with Braddocks, and I felt like I spent more time doing that than actually concentrated time with him. Not that that we weren't doing fun things, but that was what was on my mind. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna log this. Okay, so this was said about me uh, to him, and blah blah blah, right? Or I had him, whatever, you name it. I was list upon list upon list. I remember. Yeah. (laughs) They were notebooks. And you were in court that day. And although it didn't go my way, it literally felt like a a weight was lifted off my back. Because I'm like, I'm so tired of making these notes and logs and copying text messages and emails. And some of you know what we're talking about. But even though it didn't go my way, uh, like I said, it was like this weight, and I stopped doing that because, like our third point, he should be the focus. I'm not going to focus on a stupid text that was sent to me that I felt that I could use in a court. You know, if you go to court expecting it to be fair, I am sorry to say you're going to be sadly disappointed. Right? You're not going to get fair and equal and just treatment. Uh, Lady Liberty in family court does not really she's not really blindfolded right and so as a consequence trying to get one up or you know all that kind of stuff you know it comes down to you're in pain and i get it we get it yeah hello been there done that right one of the best things that ever happened that helped me refocus on Eric and trying to not only reduce the peaks and valleys of my roller coaster, but to be able to be there for him. Right. I got mental health help. I found a counselor. It took a few tries, but I found a counselor that helped me work through this stuff. Right. And as part of our divorce group, one of the things that we strongly encourage is to do just that. Find you a, a counselor, somebody you can talk to, somebody that, you know, just they're not involved. Right. They 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 really don't have a vested interest in who gets how much child support money or right. how much visitation time. But they are there to help you process the loss, right. the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the depression. Right. Um, and help you figure out, okay, what are you real... Where's your pain? Where can we 
find a way to get you to address the issues. Move past the superficial text message, email, phone call conversation and go to what's really bugging you so that you can get through it. Right. And I I will say that uh, the lady that I started seeing has been just amazing, helping me come to terms with, again, the loss. Right. Uh, The loss of the marriage, the loss of the idea of marriage and what I thought would always be there. Right. Well, and, and, and you saying that takes us into our fourth point for uh, today is, uh, and I know we mentioned that, but again, divorce is loss. It's kind of like a death. So you feel many of those different emotions. And, and just like Rod, you said, uh, seek professional help. It's, it's okay. To say you need help? To say you need help. It's okay to go through uh, these these this circle of grief, like bargaining and and um, anger. Um, it, it, it's okay to go through those things. It's okay to process through all that, but don't go it alone. You know, I don't know why, but there seems to be such a social stigma on yep. getting mental health help, going seeing a counselor. And you're not a mental midget. You're not a nut job. Right. You know, it's okay for a guy to cry over this. Right. You don't need to grow an extra layer of skin. And so getting, you know, again, it's a, it's a third-party person right. to maybe get you to think about things that you don't want to consider right. to face the, you know, I don't want to say face the music, but to face the reality right. of what is happening because... It may take two to get married, yep. but it only takes one to get divorced. And right. so being able to come to terms with that yeah. is tough, and the counselor helps. Sure. Uh, it, it's it's easy for us, again, because we've been through there, and some <laughs> of the you other are like right in the thick of it. But for me to say set your pride aside, um, it's, it's not a... It's not that easy, and I get that. No. Um, I could be stubborn at times, and I no, get that from really? my dad. No, really? You can be stubborn? Uh, you know, I don't need you to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am, and I've, I've had to work on that, and really, hey, I do need to lay my pride down. That is so I, hard. I need help, and, and, and that through a counselor or, or a, a support group, like you've mentioned, um, those are those alignments are are so key um, to your success mentally, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and then in turn, that that greatly benefits your relationship with your your child and your ex spouse because you're gonna you're gonna think differently, you're gonna operate differently because you're getting the help that you need. You know, you're absolutely right. I. I did not originally go seeking out mental health help. It was pushed on me. And after my first visit with a mental health uh, doctor, I'm going, holy crap. I really do feel a lot better. Like a load has been lifted. And, you know, from there, you know, with that, along with, you know, like I said earlier, I've been part of the uh, divorce recovery group here in Dallas for a long time. And one of the things that I learned early and quickly was that a lot of the people around me got tired of hearing about my issues. You know, can't you get over being, you know, just move on with the divorce, you know, just, just let it go. So 
again, you know, the, a support group, a lot of churches have them. Um, well, the thing that I've been liked most about the, the group that I've been part of is they never get sick of hearing what you have to say, your complaints of the divorce, you know, somebody to call or text at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Right. So, it, it you know, because family do get tired <laughs> of hearing you complain. Right. right. But, uh, you know... Uh, it's not a one and done thing and you're you're miraculously healed and you're ready to you're ready to conquer the world. It's a process, okay? Allow yourself mm-hmm. to go through that process and it may take several several trips um to you know to a, a to a mental health counselor if you will or a support group um but just just know that. It it may take a while and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's okay. I think the hardest thing for me was to learn how to be single again. I mean, when I was single, I was in my late teens and early 20s. I was in high school. I was in college. You know, you're in a plethora of single people. Yeah. By the time you get into your 30s, 40s, 50s, okay, your social group is greatly narrowed down to a bunch of married people, your coworkers, uh, maybe, you know, the people at church or wherever, you know, your social groups like the Rotary Club or something like that. But... To be single again is kind of tough. Yeah. And to figure out who you are and what you like, um, rediscover yourself. It, it, right. it, as you said, it takes time. Oh, yeah. But I I learned things about me that I didn't know. I rediscovered things. Yeah. I went on bike rides with you and nearly died. And that's the, <laughs> the, the truth. And um, Which part? The bike rides or the fact that you almost killed me? Both. Both are... Both are um, <laughs> Very, very factual uh, events. Um, I don't think you. Um, I still have the uh, your 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 voice in my head because every other word was the f word. Um, fudge, fudge. Now I, I nearly killed Rod on our bike ride, um, and not the not the place to go um, to an expert. Um, Dirt trail, if you will, on bikes that we just pulled out of the garage <laughs> for the first time in, in you know, twenty many years. years. Uh, but no, I, I think that's powerful. I think what a, a lot of people do is they think, "Well, I'm going to fill this void, or I'm going to I'm going to jump back into or jump into a relationship." Uh, sometimes when we're not even divorced yet, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to jump in because we think that's that's going to help fix the situation. But I think what you said is very powerful. You've rediscovered who you are. Um, for me, um, and I'll be honest with you, I was tired of um, swiping, you know, swiping left or swiping right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did, when I stopped doing that, I'm, not, I'm, I'm so out of this dating thing. This is so ridiculous. That's when I started to rediscover things. I mm-hmm. started putting things in uh, perspective and, and prioritizing things. I took care of me and I mm-hmm. knew that I needed to be a healthy me and then knew that things would fall into place eventually. At least that's what I prayed and believed for. I, and I, you're, you're square with that. And you know, it's it, for me when I got, when my ex-wife told me that we were, you know, she was separating and see you later. Here's your crap. As I opened up the front door, I felt like I had been rejected. Yeah. And that whole, 
in me was very wide. Right. And the idea that I was being rejected, uh, you know, that uh, song lyric, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. That is a common, uh, I mean, I, I started looking for love in any place I could find it. Right. Um, it was, it was tough. And a lot of different people I've talked to over the years, that's kind of what they do. They jump right into one relationship. Sure. You know, they went from one bad to another bad to another bad, uh, sometimes quickly remarrying. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I have learned through the advice of many people that you can't give 100% of who you are until you know who you are. Right. I mean, when you're, when like you and I both, it took me a long time to figure this out <laughs> and to get to this point. But when you are physically healthy, right, mentally healthy, when you are financially healthy, emotionally yeah. and spiritually happy, when you are in these happy, healthy places now. Now it's time. Exactly. Now it's time. Because if you're not there, you're just taking your baggage with you. Right. And, you know, same crap, different person. Right. And you're going to wind up, again, being hurt, whether you do it or they do it, because you haven't figured, you haven't healed. Right. I mean, if you keep picking a wound, the wound never heals. Right. And same way with with divorce. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I, being from California and then coming to Texas, you get two very different, a little bit off the topic. Not not really. I'm going to land the plane. I promise. (laughs) I moving here from California, I operated with a California mindset. Meaning what? Meaning this whole skater, surfer, stoner mentality, right? I don't do that Um, now. (laughs) Um, But it's different. I'm going to try and get there. When you are, same thing with divorce. Let me go back to the divorce. You guys were in, you you were married. Um, things didn't work out. When you jump right in to another relationship, and sometimes or oftentimes people will marry right away, you're still making those same choices. You're still operating in the same mentality, if you will. Does that make sense now? Mm-hmm. So what I, what I'm saying is, I, there were things that needed to change um, in my attitude, with my mindset for moving. Right. Same thing with my divorce. Mm-hmm. So I, there were things that needed to change. I could not, and I would not allow myself to bring things from my past marriage into um, my now new marriage, which is, I would say, doing very well. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that, like we said, uh, when we moved from our last house to this house, like what, what do we need to leave here? What wasn't working for us here that needs to stay? We can't we can't operate that way in our new house. Same thing with a, with in a relationship, right? Um, if this makes sense, mm-hmm. oh, hopefully it does. it does. Like you, or you're just going to be in the same vicious cycle. You're going to find yourself divorced again. You're going to sit. You go. You have to take time to heal. You have to take time to reflect. What went wrong? Thank you. What 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 did yes. I what did I do wrong? Because guess what? You own a piece of that pie. It may not be a big piece, but you're right. You played a part in both the success and the failure of that marriage. Right. And until you come to grasp or to, to face that very reality of your part, right, then you're just going to carry that on. Right. 
you have to, I think you have to identify those things. And that's where this taking time uh, for yourself to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, your, uh, your next relationship is going to greatly benefit because you took the time to heal. You know, divorce sucks. So why do it again and again and again? Right. Right. So, folks, uh, we we are at the end of our episode two, Divorce One, from an adult's perspective. We hope that today you um, really locked in. You were intentional. You um, were listening with an active ear, if you will, and you... You gained some insight from the things that we were talking about today. Again, it's uh, lessons learned from our mistakes, lessons learned from our trip through family court hell. So anyway, thanks again for being a part of today's broadcast. Absolutely. We will catch you next time. Episode three, Divorce Two, from a kid's perspective. Live long and well. 